Hey, I'm Sophie. And I'm Sophia. And this is the That's Showbiz Baby podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the pod. Hope you are either enjoying nice weather in LA or staying alive in the rest of the country. Please stay safe out there. We wanted to kick today's episode off with some music news. Um, we wanted to take a look take a look around and see what was happening in the industry. So I'm going to kick us off with a new history-making project, apparently, um, that is happening between Universal Music Group and Korea's big hit entertainment. So these two companies are jointly assembling and they're going to yeah create a label and then also debut a new K-pop boy band. So this does seem very unique. I haven't really heard anything like this before. Um, so basically, it's kind of like this two-part thing. They're going to have the LA-based joint venture record label. Um, and then they're also going to be kind of crafting a band from scratch, which sounds interesting. So um, they, they're saying that members of this like k-pop group are going to be selected through a global audition program um, which apparently is going to begin in 2022 and will be launched in conjunction with a major u.s media partner so they're basically going to build this band from the ground up which i think is very interesting um i haven't really heard of anything like that happening before um but they they say they really want to expand Um, the presence of k-pop in the industry and they think this is a good way to do it so i think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with this yeah wow that will be interesting i'm i'm intrigued (laughs) and then my little piece of music news from this week is that irving azoff's iconic artist group has acquired a controlling stake in the beach boys intellectual property which includes their sound recordings brand select musical compositions and memorabilia so i know we talked about deals such as the bob dylan deal previously which was just for his publishing but this is kind of similar but different because it's more focused on their brand and their intellectual property so Much of their 1960s-era catalog will remain owned by Universal Music Group, but Irving Azoff's group will have controlled stake in their intellectual property. The price of this acquisition has not been disclosed, but... Bloomberg reported that the total value of the assets is about $100 million to $200 million, so it was probably a fairly big deal. So my personal take on this is that we can probably expect to see a lot of Beach Boys merch and maybe some Beach Boys songs in movies coming up because I feel like that always kind of happens when there's a big acquisition like this. We end up seeing that artist everywhere, which, you know, I'm not mad about. I love the Beach Boys, so very interesting deal. And for the rest of the episode, we are going to be joined by our fellow music industry student, Alana Aquino, who's going to talk about herself, her time at USC, and the LA music scene, and we're very excited to talk to her. Alana Aquino is a junior in the music industry program at the University of Southern California. Alana enjoys being surrounded by the incredibly talented artist community, not only at USC, but also in the Los Angeles area. 
She aspires to uplift authentic art in any way she can, whether that be through A&R, artist management and development, or marketing. Alana has participated in mentorship programs with Girls Who Listen and Music Forward and is active in organizations such as USC Troy Philippines, Grammy U, USC Thornton Student Ambassadors, and the Color of Music Collective. Alana is an advocate for Asian representation in the entertainment industry, as well as mental health and self-care. So Alana, we're very excited to have you with us today. And the question we're going to start off with, which we always ask our guests, is what is some music you've been listening to and loving recently? Ooh, um, so Mac Ayers dropped an EP at the beginning of January, and it's kind of been on repeat for me. It's really good. And um, some of the songs that he has on there, he kind of um, released snippets of on TikTok before he released the actual EP. So that has definitely just been something in my mind a lot. Yeah, (laughs) I would definitely say that. Awesome. Thanks for the recommendation. And then we're going to kind of move on to how you ended up at USC and specifically studying music industry. Oh, gosh. I love telling the story. Um, (laughs) So... I played the oboe classically for about nine years. So throughout like middle school, elementary, middle school and high school. And in high school, I was really, really focused on it. Um, I attended like a visual and performing arts academy and I was a part of a lot of like local ensembles in Virginia Beach where I'm from. And so that kind of led me to be really interested in film music and music supervision. So after doing like a bunch of my research, I realized that music supervision was a career and there were programs around the country that had classes for the music industry. So I did more research. I found out that USC had a really great program for um, like a master's and a bachelor's, but I knew that I wanted to do my undergraduate in music industry, especially because so many of the courses in the music industry program here were really specific and really tailored towards, you know, if you want to be specific about your career choice and also if you want to kind of like figure out exactly what you want to do, which is what I felt like I needed as like a graduating senior of high school. And so uh, I got into the program somehow. And um, when I got here, I really tried to put myself into the community and meet as many people as possible. And after um, becoming friends with a lot of the artists in like the popular music program or the producers in the production program, I realized that I wanted to kind of go into artist development and being here was kind of the best place to do that. Yeah, totally. That's awesome to hear kind of your backstory. Um, And then we have a question kind of about the music industry program and we were wondering what are some of the most useful or interesting lessons that you have taken away from the music industry major whether those be like academic or life lessons um I think one of my favorite things to say which is kind of a joke but also is kind of true is just that like it depends and you guys know all of the music professors in the program will say like it depends whenever someone asks a question and even though it's kind of a, a broad statement to kind of live by or I, I don't say I wouldn't say I live by it but <laughs> whenever you know someone comes to me with like a question or with an issue it's kind of like 
taking that mantra and thinking of like how many different possibilities there are and what are the different circumstances, you know, to solve an issue, solve a problem or answer a question. And so I definitely love that, you know, all the professors recognize that the things that we're learning, it all kind of depends and the music industry is such a evolving and like in a live kind of things. You know, it's always going to be changing. And so um, the answers that you have will always be kind of moving with the times with pop culture. And so I've taken that away from every single class. That's kind of been a, a thread that's um, been common throughout my classes. But it's one of my favorite things to say now. Wow, that's a great answer. Yeah, I love that. And it's true. Our professors are always saying it depends. <laughs> and then so we also, in your bio, it says that you're part of Grammy U. Sophie and I are also part of that. And we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. So we were wondering if you could kind of touch on your experience with Grammy U and what opportunities or experiences you've been given access to through that. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure Grammy U works really closely with USC, especially since we have like the Grammy Museum right down the street. So we always have all these different opportunities to attend panels or volunteer for the awards or help with like the screening process and um, music cares. So it's, I love that Grammy U definitely involves USC and UCLA a lot. I've gotten to meet a lot of people. And even though it feels like all music students are in Grammy U, whenever you meet someone who's in Grammy U, you're like, oh, like, yeah, I volunteer for this. Or like, I've seen your name on the Facebook group and everything like that. But um, I love that Grammy U really uh, focuses on trying to get students involved. And this kind of outreach is important for the next kind of generation of students kind of graduating from music programs and you know, being pushed into the industry. And so I have had a lot of fun getting to know people in the Grammy U LA chapter, getting to attend events and it's cool that um Sierra Dudas is our Grammy LA rep so um, I love just that it's really connected all of the students who are majors and minors in music industry at USC um, my favorite experience that I've had with them I have two one of them was attending a Travis Scott q and I thought that was so cool that was like our freshman year and yeah I just moved to LA and so that was really exciting and then another one was I helped with the screening process for the awards and that happens in like November where they take all of like the submissions um, for each category and they just spend like 15 hours reviewing every single thing and all the categories and that was cool to know the the people who are in that building um, that was like a crazy opportunity. That's so fun. Yeah, I remember that Travis Scott event too. And no shade, but I do remember the moment when he was talking about like needing to clear his mind and get out of the country. And then he was like, so I went to Hawaii. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like <laughs> that's embarrassing for you. But <laughs> I, just, I remember him. At, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, I just remember him at the end going like, uh, I got to get to the stew. And I was like, artists really call it the stew like they really say the stew I thought that was a joke <laughs> yeah he was funny he was a character for sure <laughs> um 
But two more organizations that you talked about or we read in your bio um, were Girls Who Listen and Music Forward. So I don't really know much about those. Could you give us a little information on those orgs and maybe tell us what your experience with them was like or is like? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Girls Who Listen, I don't exactly know for sure, but I'm pretty sure they started just at the beginning of quarantine. And basically, you know, they're one of the organizations that is really trying to push forward music or women in music. And um, the, one of the first things that they started was kind of like a masterclass mentorship series. And I was part of, I want to say the first cohort that they did. And that was over the summer. So it kind of helped me um, stay focused and kind of keep the momentum going, even though we were in quarantine. Um, and basically, they had a whole bunch of classes, like master classes with uh, people, women in the industry. And every week we would just kind of gather for an hour and I met you know, amazing women from all over the country who were also in my position as a student. Um, and then they've provided uh, mentors as well for us who I still keep in touch with. The lady I got paired with is one of the head A&Rs at Warner Music Group. So that was really amazing. And um, so they have a really great network of people and it's all, I'm pretty sure it's all volunteer based. So it's just, you know, that it's a very authentic organization and they've grown so much. I would definitely recommend checking them out just because they have a lot of resources and, um, and a really great mentorship program. And then Music Forward, um, I'm participating in a, in a mentorship program with them right now. And it's Music Forward X Diversify the Stage or Times Diversify the Stage. And that's led by, her name is Noelle Skaggs. She is part of the band Fits in the Tantrums. And she is an amazing woman. She wants to, I mean, with the name Diversify the Stage, she wants to bring more um, women, specifically women of color to the live industry. And so she's doing that through a mentorship slash masterclass program as well. But it's, you know, being in partnership with Music Forward, which is kind of like the division under Live Nation that's trying to help students go into um, the music industry, live entertainment, all that. Um, being in that partnership, she has had an, like an amazing, overwhelming amount of success with just like bringing and pulling together these resources to help students and women of color in the music industry. Um, every yeah every week we've had different um, classes and she's also they've also paired me with a mentor which is really awesome she's like a head of touring and artist development at, at Electra so I'm just really excited to kind of start that and both of these organizations both of these programs are really like I don't know important in creating a community of women in the music industry and when you apply they always ask you know what do you want to get out of this mentorship or what do you want to get out of these master classes and it really is just that solid community of women because you know once we all graduate we're going to be working together and the industry is truly shaped like shifting into a more women forward yeah and yeah women in non-binary forward um industry yeah, that's awesome to hear about. Those sound like two really cool organizations. Um, and then one more question about your involvements. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the Color of Music Collective and your role there? 
Yeah, so Colored Music Collective holds a really special place in my heart because they also started at the beginning of quarantine and I was kind of one of their first volunteers. And because I was one of the first volunteers, um, the founder, Mia Van Allen, um, asked me to kind of step into a co-lead role for the outreach committee. And so I, um, my wonderful co-lead, her name is Zainab. She goes to Cal State Fullerton, I believe. Um, we've kind of um, taking a spearhead on making sure we just get a lot of outreach and promote our panels. And so Color Music Collective is another organization that strives to uplift POC and LGBTQ plus voices in the music industry. So we do that by with bi-weekly panels. And so that's like what my involvement has been. Uh, I took a step back from that position um, for the fall semester, but I'm back in it now. And I'm really excited because the growth that we've seen and the partnerships that we've had with like major labels and the Music Biz Association, um, we've really kind of planted our feet in the music industry. And um, we're, I just, I really believe in the mission. It's something that I, you know, strive for. It's something that I want to do you know, all throughout my career. So Color Music Collective is definitely um, an organization you guys should check out if you haven't seen it already. Yeah, thank you so much for telling us about it. I'll definitely, I've been kind of following you on LinkedIn with your updates about it, but I will look more into it. It sounds so cool. Um, and then in your bio and obviously through this interview, you've mentioned that you're an advocate for Asian representation and also women's representation in the entertainment industry. And do you have any advice for people that are underrepresented or misrepresented in the entertainment industry that want to find a place for themselves? Yeah, um, I definitely, ooh, this is hard because I know <laughs> I know. kind of comes from a different place. I, I really feel like it's a big responsibility of people who are in positions um, to help uh, under or misrepresented communities, you know, have the opportunities to um, kind of like form their career path. And so I love that there are organizations out there that are really willing to help you, even if you have no music experience, even if you're just starting out, you don't really know exactly what you want to do. And so I definitely recommend just trying to find that community of women because they definitely are there to find the community of people of color because if there's anything about uh, like people, the community of people of color, it's that we all really like band together and it's such a big thing for us when we, or for me, I can speak for myself. Um, when I see another like Filipino person in music, I immediately am very drawn to them. I hit them up and we kind of have this, you know, connection that's just because of like our roots, our heritage. And so um, people are, you know, putting themselves out there to be more accessible and they want to take on mentees. They want to be someone to help, you know, get others in the door, diversify the room and um, kind of make it more of what it should be. And I would just also recommend to, um, you know, remember what you stand for and know that you, you don't have to say yes to every single opportunity, you know, if you think that, just because you think it'll advance your career doesn't mean you should take the opportunity. And so like, 
sometimes things will come in, like opportunities will come into your lap, but then you realize that it doesn't really stand for what you believe in, or it's not, it doesn't align with you. It doesn't make you feel comfortable. And so I would just definitely recommend to not let yourself be taken advantage of, you know, as someone who's in that community. That's all I could say about that. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Um, I'm sure that'll be very well received by many. Um, and then another cause that is really close to us that you also mentioned is close to you is mental health and self-care. Um, that's something Sophia and I have been really passionate about, specifically like substance abuse and that side of it. But I was wondering if you could touch on kind of where you see mental health and the music industry overlapping and what you're kind of passionate about in that area. Yes. <laughs> um I love to do informational interviews with people. And one of the questions that I always write down when I do this is like, what is your work-life balance like? How do you kind of take care of your mental health, you know, in an industry that's so demanding, that's so you know, fast paced. It's always kind of hard to um, make sure that you are prioritizing yourself and prioritizing your life. And I, I always get like a similar response from people and it's always just like laughter or chuckles because they know that you know their work-life balance and their mental health isn't as taken care of as they would want it to be. And so um, I, I definitely feel like it's just very important to be able to have a life outside of music and to have things that you're interested in um, outside of it so that you continue to you know, water your own cup and nurture those other parts. Um, when we, when people who are like in A&R try to meet artists and um, can figure out what they're all about, one of the questions that sometimes people ask will be like, well, what do you like to do outside of your music? And so I feel like it's also important for people in the industry to have that as well. Um, so onto the topic of like taking care of yourself and making sure that you're you know in the best um mental state to be able to like put your best into your work um it definitely is very difficult because we have things like grind culture and you know it's a very competitive industry and it, it's really hard when you find yourself comparing yourself to other people and their journeys but um, I've always kind of tried to remind myself that we all have our time and we all have things that are coming for us. And as long as we continue to work hard and remember that like we won't ever reach the point that we want to if we're not, you know, where we're at in our head, you know, where we should be in our head and with our body, and how all of those kind of like physical, mental, spiritual health, you know, connect together. Um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to put it together, but. No worries. Yeah, it's very, like, large and complicated topic, but I think that you mentioned some great points. It was great to hear about. And then also kind of going back to more focused on you and what you've been up to, have you been able to get into any artist management or development here at USC with other students? Um. So I kind of took on a bit of like a manager consultant role with a friend of mine and their band. 
that was a lot of fun it I want it kind of fell off a little bit because we all got busy and we're all students yeah. um but that was a really cool you know first try at things um the band is called ahead of ourselves only one of the students in that band goes to usc but they are they're indie rock they're kind of like um excuse me <laughs> they're kind of like um innovative with their sound and so i definitely recommend checking them out and then um i haven't gotten into like specific artist development with like any of the USC artists, but I'm kind of lucky enough to be in the space that they're in. So like, I'm good friends with them and kind of like to talk to them about their vision. I like to listen to their music before they release it. I kind of just like enjoy getting to know them as people. And a lot of USC artists, I just kind of feel like I want to be that kind of support in their corner. And um, I haven't actually like taken any roles in um, developing them or anything, but um, the USC Music Industry Connection Club, they're actually launching a student run label out of USC called 840 West. And I'm kind of hoping to get more involved with them and take, it, take on artists like managerial or development roles through the student run label. So hoping for the best. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I've heard about that project. It sounds really, really cool. And I've definitely been wanting to know more about it, too. So you'll have to give us the scoop. <laughs> um, and then we have one last question for you. Um, kind of a big one. Sorry about that. But first, two parts. First, what is your dream job? Um, you've touched a little bit like on A&R and artist development, but anything in particular you would really like to do and then kind of the bigger part is how do you see yourself weaving your passion for Asian representation and mental health into your career yeah so I definitely would say that right now my dream job is to be an A&R maybe one day I would like to be in an executive role but you know who knows where life will take me um, I really love the idea of being a liaison between like a label and an artist or a publishing company and an artist. And so um, just that kind of one-on-one -on -one relationship with an artist to, you know, uplift their authentic vision and their, you know, their platform, what they stand for is something that I want to be able to do because I know I would never be able to like thrive in an artist's position. So just to be like the other person who pushes them from that side is something that I would love to do. And then I kind of touched on a little bit before, but I've always told myself that I wanted to be like a mentor whenever I'm more established in the music industry because I've had so many mentors who have poured their time into me and I'm really grateful for that. So I definitely want to make sure that um, I open my space to, you know, people who are also trying to be in the music industry who are from like the Asian community, the Filipino community, or, or any like females who are trying to be in the music industry, I would definitely want to open my doors to them. And then um, I thought about this like a few times, but I haven't really like put it all together, but I definitely one day would like to start my own organization to do that just because I've really seen how well it can do. And I've, um, I've just, I've seen the women who, 
have modeled a great organization for me. So I would like to do that. And um, I've also, I also really want to make like scholarships more available for people of color or in um, underrepresented communities to just have more opportunity and have the chance to just learn that there are pathways for them and that it's totally achievable as well. Uh, and then one day I would also like to be a professor. <laughs> kind of want to teach awesome. music industry at a, um, at a university. And I just feel like that is really big. Um, just because if you think about it, we don't have a lot of um, people of color or female professors in music yeah. industry programs. So I would really love to kind of take steps like that and um, be someone who represents the community um, that I identify with. So, yeah. That's amazing, Alana. Thank you so much for talking to us. And if anyone listening wants to connect and find you, where can they do that? So my Instagram is at Alana C. Aquino. And then my Twitter is <laughs> at Lana Aquino. And then uh, yeah, you can definitely DM me there. <laughs> Perfect. We'll have that in the description of the episode too. Um, thank you, Lana, so much for talking to us. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Instagram at sophia.productions and please go rate, download, and follow wherever you get your podcasts.